step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of The Good Life Podcast with Mike Safosnick. Coming to you live again from Jack Dempsey's in Midtown Manhattan. Everyone, thank you for listening and subscribing to my podcast. Uh, to do so on iTunes, the Apple Podcast, any other platform you use, just search Mike Safo, M-I-K-E-S-A-F-O. Last week was pretty big. We had three good guests. Former NBA veteran of 15 years, Olden Polonese, came on again. Most traveled man in the world. He's been to every single country, Lee Abamante. He's actually going to announce his CNN deal in a few days. And uh, Deacon from the King of Queens, actor Victim Williams, came on. On the next couple of days, finally, we're going to get Omar from The Wire. Michael K. Williams is coming on. So sitting across from me, for the third time he's on my show, first time live, I'm privileged, honored, and humbled to have him on. New York City legend, basketball royalty, he's rolling his eyes laughing, 1994 McDonald's All-American MVP, Player of the Year, the awards go on and on, from St. John's, a 24th pick overall, 1998 NBA draft, Felipe Lopez. And New York City Hall of Famer. Oh, congratulations Ooh. on the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 was, I was waiting to say that. <laughs> and at least you're not modest. So you're no, right. <laughs> I was waiting to say that. You know what it is? When, you know, I'm, I'm such a New Yorker that, you know, anything that has to do with New York, it, it really just gets me excited, you know, just to know that I could be recognized in, 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 in the biggest city in the whole world, you know. So I think that, you know, by having the, 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 tra- the, uh, the trajectory that I have in basketball, uh, and for people to really realize that, recognize me, and give me the respect that that I was given to be, you know, uh, inducted into the the New York City Basketball Hall of Fame. I, I'm I'm excited. I'm like, you cannot tell me anything. I'm in the I'm a Hall of Famer, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for having me on the show, Mike. Man, great. Thanks for coming down. I haven't spoken to you in a few months. What have you been up to lately? What's going on in Felipe Lopez's life? A lot of a lot of traveling. Uh, I have taken a a, a, a lot of. Uh, responsibility on, on try to uh, continue to grow the game of basketball throughout, not just in the United States, but, you know, Dominican Republic, Colombia. I'm Spanish, man, so, you know, I, I'm not just from the Dominican Republic. I go through all the waters just spreading the love that basketball have given me. So I, I have really have put a lot of emphasis into traveling and giving out through my foundation, donating basketballs. Uh, uniforms, you know, free clinics and things like that. Um, I just got back from Puerto Rico. I went to Colombia. I was in Dominican Republic, uh, having a planning a trip to go over to Cuba. I've uh, been to Haiti. Um, so I'm just, you know, right now just loving what I'm doing. It, it, it's all based on the fact that the NBA have given me a platform to become an NBA KS ambassador. So I really have taken that upon my shoulder to uh, really spread the, the the love of basketball all throughout the the. The whole world, pretty much. Yeah, you're really running with the whole ambassador thing. You know, yeah. it's not just one of those things, oh, I'm an ambassador. You're really going to these places. What part of Colombia? Because I was just in Colombia three months ago. Choco. Where's that? Choco. It's, uh, it was a, it's, a beautiful, uh, uh, it's a beautiful country, first oh, beautiful. of all, Colombia. Yeah. But Choco, it was a really special place for me because 
when I landed there, uh, it was an NBA event that I actually went. I was there for an NBA event, but I, I, I stayed there for a few more days just because I wanted to explore, and I ended up just staying in Chocó. But Chocó is a, it's a, it's a little place. I, I can't even tell you specifically where it's located in the country. I know it's in Colombia, but uh, what was fascinating to me it was that it was just black folks all over the place. Really? Just you would not even think you're in Colombia, bro. Really? Yeah. I so I'm like, there. I felt like I was back home. <laughs> like I really <laughs> felt like I was home, and it was so touching uh, because I always I always go prepare whenever I go out of the country. I will I will you know out of my own budget I will go and, and buy you know, toys, you know, especially like dolls for girls or basketball and things like that. So I, I bought like $300 worth of toys. Okay. And I had it with me, and it just so happened that one of the days that I was I was staying there, it was Children's Day, the oh. National Children's Day. I'm so I had all these things. Santa Claus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what, I was black Santa Claus, for real. Uh, but it was a really great experience. I, 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 I kind of promised myself that I would love to go back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, to the area. It was very humbling for me to just be able to be in Colombia. I, I wanted to see the rest of the country, but, you know, just being there, I almost felt like I was really home, man. Yeah, it's a beautiful country. I was in Cartagena and Medellin. Cart- yeah. And, oh, it was, it was just so beautiful down there. It really was. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, just s- see the rest of the country. Yeah, I'll go yeah. back with you whenever you want to go back. Yeah, yeah I'll go back with you. Okay, <laughs> so listen to this. So right before, so here's what you did. So we, we always text each other. And I'm like, hey, let's if you're free on Monday, let's meet up. So you throw me a text. Oh, yeah, what time do you want to meet up today? I'm like, oh, 3, 3.30. And then I don't, I don't hear from you for two hours. So I'm laying down, and then you text me. I'll be there in 15 minutes. Exactly. So, yeah, so I run over here, and I got to tell you what I found. For everyone listening, I found it. It's, I have it in plastic. Here we oh, go. Wow. It's the iconic Sports Illustrated cover with you on the – you know, obviously, you're on the cover. The Big East is back. Now, two things about this cover. One, do you know this was in 94, 22 years ago? Does That's it, incredible. Does it, does it feel like 22 years ago with this cover? Well, except from the way I look, I, yeah. I look a lot skinnier there. <laughs> You're all muscular here. Look at this. Yeah, man. <laughs> I was pimped out there. Uh, it, it's honestly, you know, you bringing that out, it, it brings a lot of memory. And, and to say that it was 22 years ago, I, I can't even recall it. Because to this day, I still get people, you know, that have saved mm-hmm. You know that cover, uh, and I'm still signing a lot of the, those covers, man. I, I, I'm pretty close, pretty, pretty, pretty close of signing all of the print, <laughs> every, uh, every copy they ever made. There's a question I've always wanted to ask. I think everyone knows what this is. I'll tweet the picture. It's actually your Twitter picture. Um, it's such an iconic photo. It's the Statue of Liberty. A little, and it really is the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, it's the Statue of Liberty, a shadow. The backgrounds. All we didn't have Photoshop back well, then. I want. That's all I want to ask you. How did you take? The, I always want to ask you. This. It was a trampoline. And where did you take? It was. Uh, so we we uh, we was riding on the on the tugboat. Okay. It was a tugboat. Oh, so you out on the river? Oh yeah, we out on the river. Okay. We're on the Hudson River, and uh, they had a trampoline on top. You know, in the tugboat. Okay. Uh, so I'm just really just jumping on this on this trampoline and just doing all different poses and. Uh, I, I don't know for for those folks hearing this interview. I'm not a great swimmer, so uh, <laughs> Wait, you're from the DR. You're not a good yeah, swimmer. Yeah, but on. I know. But you know the water, and I respect the water. Yep. You know, and I, I I felt that if I can spend time swimming, I could just spend that same time just playing basketball. So I decided to play basketball. Uh, but it was uh, it was a really fun uh, uh, shoot for me. Uh, now, it was you, it was cold of that day. Were so. you scared jumping? Because you're jumping. I was. Under, okay, and now because. 
I'm going to tweet this picture because I find it fascinating. You're jumping. It's you like on fire. I was I was scared to fall off yes. the trampoline. Now, was the tugboat moving or it was stationary? It was it was stationary, but okay. obviously, if, as you know, can you know, it's New moving. York. Yeah, it's really moving. <laughs> so that Statue of Liberty in the corner, that's not Photoshop. That's no, like, that's, oh, that's, yeah. That's, so it was that makes right it even better. Out, yeah, right by uh, Battery Park, like yeah, that area. Oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah. Okay, now we talked about this last time. Your story, I find it so compelling. I really do. You come to New York City from the Dominican Republic. You told me that you didn't speak English great. You I'm still learning. Yeah, listen, it's, come on, it's perfect. You're fine. When did you know? I know you started playing basketball with the Gauchos and stuff. When did you know that you were special? Like you were a special basketball player? I never asked you that. It was always like, oh, you became this guy, the most celebrated basketball player ever. When did you know that, hey, I'm pretty special in this game? I don't know if it was special. I think it was more the excitement of competing that always kind of, you know, thrilled me to just push myself and enjoy enjoy the game. Uh, you know, the, the competitive part of it uh, was was the biggest thing. I, I never wanted to make my f- safe. I never felt that I was special because, you know, I think and, and I, that was the reason why I never lost that edge that when I play. You know, sometimes you, you become complacent when you feel some type of way of with yourself. Yeah, I, I did hire a lot of people that would say, oh, man, you, you put it good and stuff like that. But I, I left that out. When I stepped into the basketball court, I respected my opponents really, really well. I studied them. I knew who I was playing against. And at the end of the day, I just really wanted to be better than the next man. Uh, so I never fell into that whole category of feeling, you know, special. Even with the shoot of uh, the Sports Illustrated, mm-hmm. uh, which it had become the biggest, you know, uh, a uh, part of my basketball career, just being in the in the front cover of Sports Illustrated, and even when I did it, I, I had no clue what I was doing. Okay, <laughs> I was that innocent. I had no clue, you know, the significance of it and how much pressure he brought upon myself, the the program, the teammates, you know. All of the I, big, all of the Big East. I don't mean to interrupt you because the cover it's the Big East is back. UCLA, which is one of the great, obviously of the, the two or three greatest schools. They're in the top corner. UCLA is number one, but yet you're on the cover. Yeah, you and no, in that in the same year, mm-hmm. if people will go inside, you have Ray Allen, you have uh, Allen Iverson that was coming out. Was Chris Herron also? Kerry Kittles, yes, Chris yes. Herron, uh, uh, Lawrence Mo- no Lawrence Morton. Yeah, I think Lawrence Morton, uh, you From know, Syracuse? great player Syracuse okay. was inside. So it was a pretty it was a pretty nice class that oh, that I came. Yeah, class. it was a really nice class uh, once I came into the Big East. Now. You grew up in the South Bronx. There was drugs, crack epidemic. Uh, listen, it was a very bad neighborhood. How yeah. did you not fall victim or prey to the streets? How did you – because, you know, you, you hear these stories about the greatest basketball players who ever lived. New York City yeah. never made it. How did you never fall victim to that? It was, uh, it was uh, what I would call basketball tunnel vision. It was everything. If it was not about basketball, I was not interested. Um, and I saw a lot of things happen next to me. I, I saw people, you know, being shot at. I saw people shooting drugs, and, you know, I saw people being robbed and all those things. But my whole concern was, like, as long as none of that touched me and hurt me, I'm cool because I'm able to get to my playground. I had to, actually had to move a couple of – I have to move for certain places because of things that were happening okay. at those playgrounds. You know, so I had to move around my neighborhood to play in safer places because of what was going on at that time uh but it was just pretty much you know a great family structure okay a family that really kept me you know grounded with within everything that happened in my life uh, i remember 
my first time playing for Gaucho, saying, you know, it was the uh, I'm I'm playing and uh, we had a trip going over to Ohio. My first trip out of New York City. Okay. And uh, I had short to do at home. I had to do the dishes okay. every single day. And that specific day, that I was just feeling special, just like you say. <laughs> and I forgot to do my dishes, you know. And I'm, I'm ready. I'm pumped up. I'm 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 feeling like yeah, I'm about to go and do my thing. You know, I'm going out <laughs> of New go York City. New York I'm City. going yep. to go kill. You know. <laughs> And uh, but obviously I forgot to do my dishes. So you know when I was on my way going out with my bag and everything, my father called me. He's like, "Where are you going?" I'm like, yes, "I'm about to go and about to do do it. I'm about to go get I'm famous, about to Dad. Kill it. And like, well, I guess you ain't going nowhere because <laughs> you you do your dishes. No, really. <laughs> so that was a really significant lesson in my life of you know uh, making sure that you know you you become responsible the things that you're supposed to do. You know, and now. You know, getting too special mm-hmm. out of it because this it show the integrity that you know that's the person you 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 tend to do it. You know, a lot of these younger kids that you see now, you know, one of the things I don't like is that people just keep throwing things at them because mm-hmm. they see them as a as a way of them coming out. Yes, you know, they're treating this kid super special. You know, so they they losing a lot of the humbleness that you should be able to have as as a bowler as a person. Because at the end of the day, your basketball career is going to be ending. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all those bridges that you burn while you're going up are the bridges that you eventually going to have to meet again. And, you know, those situations have been some of the, 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 the gratitude that I have learned through my family and the things that they gave me to make sure that I treated everybody with respect no matter who I was. Now, we said this last time. You were – we used the quote, the LeBron James before LeBron James. You were the – Number one, high, why did you never go from high school to the NBA? Because everyone made the jump, and you I, were. I had the opportunity. Yeah, you were. Let's be honest. You were that good, and you were that recognized. You would have went top five. You know that. Yeah. No. Um, I, I have meeting. Like, the family had meeting with with, with top executives that you know asked that I should go out. But my mother being a, a teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, we being a very humble, you know, family coming from from a different system, not really understanding fully the opportunity that that was provided at that time. Um, it was just it, it was just stay in school. You know, it was just pretty much to stay in school. We, we didn't have that many high school bowlers around that time. Mm-hmm. You know, jumping ship. Um, so it, it might have been an option, but for the family. Especially for my father and my mother, you know, they old school. They like, okay, you know, basketball is gonna be fine, but we want to make sure that, you know, you get your degree and you finish your school, and and that's 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 what the decision was. Now you said you jumped around. You went to di- you played different playgrounds. Obviously, I grew up in the city. You play all over. I, I play all over the city. Now, did you play? And I want if you did a good story. Did you play at Rucker Park? Did you play at the Cage on West Fourth Street? Were you more of that, or were you more of a? Controlled environment, not that whole. No, you know what's funny that that I, my my beginnings, I I play all over the place. Sure, never play at the cage. Okay, never played a tournament at the cage. Uh, that was the one place that I really totally miss playing. But I play all over. I play Rutgers. I play Dykeman. I play uh, UDC. I play uh, citywide. I play in so many places, and it was a really enjoyable time because I remember just going from one place to another. Mm-hmm. You know, during the summer, that was everything was popping. <laughs> yeah, there was. I had no time off. It was like two to three games. You know, uh, a date of you know during the weekend was you know really really packed up. Uh, where 
you know, I had to make sure that our places, I would go play, you know, three quarters. I had to make sure that the game was up at like 20, 30 before I bounced. And then, you know, it was kind of that. But it was really enjoyable time, you know, to just be able to play all around. And, you know, I think right now they, they're doing a great job of keep, keeping a lot of tournaments alive for a lot of these kids. Um, but like I say, I just don't like how, you know, some people are advising, advising these kids, you know what I'm saying, to – to just go for the basketball, just they, mm-hmm. they just thinking about them as a tool, you know, and not really giving the time for this kid to really fully develop. Yeah, we do have the LeBron, but how many unsuccessful stories do we have, you know? And then those unsuccessful stories are the ones that we see living among ourselves. And then we like look at these people, like at these special talented people, like man, look at this guy, you know, like he should have done this, should have mm-hmm. done that, but it's not, it's not them. He's the people around them. Yeah, you see, you're very lucky you had such a good family because I just read a book about guys going from high school to the NBA. And listen, you got the Kobe's, LeBron's, Garnett's, but then you have the other guys who were good if they went to college for a year or two. They had something special. Yeah. And now, question about playing all around the city. Did city basketball is awesome? I, I'm very biased. I think New York City, but we haven't had a phenom in a while, like a real great player. No. Did playing with guys like Kareem Reed, God Sham God, Roger Rhodes, did Playing with that, did that elevate your game? Yeah. Okay. It, it obviously did. Well, the one other thing is uh, some of the basketball now is a little bit watered down too. Mm-hmm. So you you might have you might see a few teams that might have one, two players, good really good players. Then you know everybody else is you know ballers, but not you know consistent Division One players. Back you know in our era, you you play for whoever you play, the whole team was yeah. stacked up. <laughs> You know, it was not like there was no scrub. Everybody was the best player. And you played hard uh, every practice because you need to play. Because, listen, if you don't play good, they're putting another guy in who's just as good. Of course. Um, so, you know, that's an influence of a lot of programs coming up, popping up. Uh, yet, it is important to have programs because they also spread the love and give opportunity to other folks mm-hmm. and other inspiring players uh, for them to really just go out there and represent. But... You know, the technology that we have now how also allow a lot of these guys to just sit at home and watch videos instead of going to the basketball court yeah. and really putting the work that you're supposed to. You don't get to see a lot of those phenons really, you know, putting the work that they should be able to put on their game because they're watching more. They, they're learning through a visual kind of point of, of view, you know, and, and it's really important for you know, as an athlete, it's really important for you to just go out there and just really put the work in the court. Now, you just said something, and I had Olden Polonese on, played for the Kings. He played in the league for 15 years, and we were talking about watered-down New York City basketball. We're not knocking it. There's still a few guys, and he made a point, and let me know if you agree with it or disagree. When you played, and I actually brought you up during the interview, Kenny Anderson, yeah. Marbury, Telfair, they would play 15 games a day. You play 8 in the oh, morning yeah. till 8 at night. He's saying now what a lot of guys – let me know if, if you agree. They'll play two games. And then they put the chancletas on. Yeah, and he said they'll go behind the back, crazy dunks. It goes on YouTube, and then they just sit home and send the video out. Instead, Like you didn't care about making a YouTube video. You no. want to win every – do you feel that they're, they're playing less games now and just basically believing the hype? Is that a, like – Well, because it's – like I say, it's more about the technology. It's more about the likes, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's what sells, the likes. You know, the, you know, try to get that one highlight. And then, you know, you use that one highlight, you forget about the whole game because you already got your highlight. You know, for us, while we play, we try to make the whole game a highlight. Uh, we didn't care because at the end of the day, the, one, the people that was giving you the approval was the fans. 
there mm-hmm. and the love that you would get. Mm-hmm. Now you can play a game here. Now you have someone in China or someone in such and such is watching what you're doing mm-hmm. and everything else. So, you know, you're feeling special. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're going back to that special <laughs> thing. Yes. You know, you feel special. So, you, you know, you, you tend to feel like you got to be treated in a special kind of way. And then that humbleness, you get taken away. And they get taken away at an early stage on their life where they have not even made it yet. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's really important for guys to understand that, you know, you could be nice in, in high school. You could be nice in college. But there's a process that go from college to the NBA that a lot of these guys don't really understand it. You know, that you could be good, but you might miss the boat mm-hmm. just because your attitude, your work ethic, the way you approach the game. And, you know, like I always say that, you know, I would take hard worker over talent any time because, you know, talent's a lot of time that, you know, you, you feel yourself and then you just, you know, start working at your game. And, you know, when you see some of the, the players that have lasted in the NBA, they, they, they were good. But what set them apart is the work ethic how they approach the game, mm-hmm. how they see themselves, how they take care of their Con- body. Conditioning, they have longevity. They're doing it 15 years, yes. Now let's talk some NBA, because you're still involved in the NBA, obviously, as yeah. the ambassador. What do you think of the current state of the NBA? Is the NBA in a good good place or a bad place right now? It is in a, it is in a, wonderful, in a, in a wonderful place, Why I, is I that? feel, because of the way you are able to watch the game, how we have evolved and, and see you know this newer generation, generation just really flip the game around pretty much, you know. Uh, we can talk all we want how watered down the game is. You still got to play the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I was just speaking about I, – I was speaking to one of my guys today, and, and we, we were talking about, you know, how, you know, the Golden State, they won 73 games, how maybe the NBA is watered down. I'm like, you still got to win 73 <laughs> games. You're still, you know? you're still beating these great you're players. Still, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's about now who you're playing. It's the, the mindset that they have brought upon themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in the approach of how they take the game. Remember, you're playing against opponent and they're trying to beat you. They're trying to, you know, knock you down. So, you know, you have to really give it give it up to 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 the, to to a team that is really able to put such an incredible season together. And you know, you comparing it to the Chicago Bulls and a lot of people. Well, you know, they're trying to compare it because, especially Michael Jordan of and course, everything else like course. that. Can you compare it? It's two different era, but they doing it at the era that they supposed to. Mm-hmm. You know. I personally would feel that mentally wise, the Chicago Bull will had a little bit of an edge mm-hmm. because of how they play, how aggressive. They were physical too. But then you can think about, well, if they play the same game now, a lot of the guys will be falling out. Of course, without a doubt. Is anyone beating the Warriors this year? Uh, I think it's going to be a really good uh, series with, uh, uh, with OKC. Because of the athletes in mm-hmm. there, it's going to be a lot of athleticism. Durant and West. It's going to be a lot. You know, if you if you had San Antonio, you would see a different kind of game. Mm-hmm. You know, a more uh, technical yes, technical yes. games. You know, two great coaches. They're mm-hmm. very technical and things like that. But now we OKC, okay, you're going to see some craziness happening going on. You know, there's going to be time where. The play is not there's, not, there's not going to be no, no play calling. They're just going to go at each other. Yep. You know, because Westbrook is going to go at uh, Steph. And oh, then Steph is definitely going to, you know, going to go at anybody. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the assignment of what the game is all about. That's why when you ask me, are we in a good state? Yeah, we are. Because it is the drama that you don't want to miss. Of course. 
you know, and, and that's what the game is all about. Now we have on this side, we have, you know, the, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers, you know, they coming for the throne. Mm-hmm. They, they hungry. You know, everybody's putting them down. You know, LeBron is saying some things that I'm excited of what he's saying because Finally, in, yes. the back of, in the back of what he's saying, there's a different message. Mm-hmm. It's a message of, okay, you know, you can unanimous and all that. Yeah. Yep. You know, so now through his word, he got to show what he's talking about. You know, so when, when you kind of have those kind of conversations, you have to just beware of what's coming next because he, you know, to this day, he is the king. Oh, without doubt. And here's, uh, let me ask you this question because this is my, I've been saying this now for a couple of months now. This is the first year I can remember that LeBron James is under the radar. He's not the first story on SportsCenter. He's, he's just doing everything right. Remember, he had that stuff with the social media a few months ago, whatever. They're 8-0. They haven't lost. Is this the year that LeBron slides under the radar, beats the Raptors in a few games, rests for a week, and then wins a title? Does Cleveland get a title this year? or did, does he have a sh- I know he's the best player in the world. It's not that he have gone under the radar. Okay. LeBron would not can, ever can. go <laughs> under the radar. It just so happened that other stories have been more fascinating mm-hmm. than what LeBron have been doing. You know, I, I have said that. By the end of his career, he's going to be every single numbers, a lot of numbers in the NBA. He's going to crush a lot of those numbers because of his ability. You know, now there's a special time for him because he's back where he wanted to be and he's back on a city that's hungry, mm-hmm. starving hungry for a championship. You know, he have complained in the past that he haven't had the, the great pieces together. You know, he, now he got Kevin Love. Now he got... Irving, you know, they playing well together. They're mm-hmm. shooting well. They're setting records. You know, so now you have all the, all, all the instruments for you to be able to go out there and, and do all the things that you've been talking about. So it, it is a really great time just to be able to see what's happening on the West, what's going to be happening on the East. I obviously see, you know, Cleveland, you know, beating uh, 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 the, the Raptors in five games. Of course. Um, but it, it, it is that. It's, it's that what you want to see. You want to see those kind of, you know what I'm saying, energy just happening in the game of basketball. Okay. We're around the corner from Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. I go running almost every morning. I run by the garden. I get upset. I'm sure you probably the, was crying a, a few of those times when I, you was running around. I cry a lot, especially we don't have, enough, we don't have a draft pick this year. <sighs> Give me, Tough. besides Porzingis, who came in second this year in the Rookie of the Year, yeah, shout out to my guy. Yeah, and, and also, let me ask you this. Let me jump off. Carl Towns is my guy. I was just going to say, do you feel that you opened the, the floodgates for Carl Towns? Kentucky well, he gave guy. me a shout out when he first got to the Timberwolves. I, I know he so did. So that's I really, know he that's does. respectful. That's, you know, that's like, okay, young, 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 my, my young fella. <laughs> well, I almost, I swear when he did, listen, obviously, you know, I live and die with Kentucky. When he gave props to you, Dominican, wins Rookie of the Year, unanimous, I was going to call you up, like, let's go to Minnesota. Let's go watch it. But, <laughs> That's great, though. Give me some hope on, and if you can, about the Knicks. I know you're involved with them. We're not going to rip them, but Porzingis, no, great I piece. Think, Help me out. Uh, we, we, need, we need some pieces at the point guard. We need somebody that can really help Carmelo with the load of just the responsibility of, you know, scoring and, you know, winning and losing and things like that. I think, you know, at a point guard position, we really need someone that can salvage that whole situation, mm-hmm. that can come through at the club's time, that it doesn't have to just be mellow a lot of the time. Uh, you know, I think that everyone is talking about the triangle offense and what that means. It's different times, man. It's different times. You, you have these guys coming out of college leaving early, you know, 
So then they're not getting the same type of coaching that that we used to have with mm-hmm. Phil and you know with the Gooding and some of those great coaches. So you know these guys they want to run, they they want to they want to just jump up and down, they want to shoot threes. Yeah. You know so. To have that patience, because you got to have patience in order for you to run the triangle. You know, I just, you know, I, a lot of people question it. You just, you know, you ha- you got to have the right pieces in order for you to run that type of offense. And, you know, that's the only thing that I have seen. We don't have the pieces. But now, let me ask you this. Can we get the pieces? We, we don't have a draft pick this year, which is crushing me because I go to the draft every year. We're not, getting, we're not getting a point guard. There's a few guys out there. Can we get any pieces? Do guys want to come to New York anymore? Remember? Ten years ago, fifteen years ago, it was New York. Everyone wants to come. Do people still want to come? Because listen, look at Westbrook and Durant. They're in Oklahoma City and they're stars. Do people want even want to come to New York? Uh, okay, so I'm gonna answer that in a sense of people want to win. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to go to places because LeBron set the tone when he went to Miami. <laughs> you know, he wanted to win. He went out there. He won. Now players want to go to anywhere mm-hmm. and win. They want to come together. Have a, a little squad together, and they just want to win. And, you know, I just think that because of what New York have been doing the past few years, it's going to take, you know, some time. You know, we hope that Pusingas continue to grow and, sure. and and turn, you know, some interest. Carmelo, you know, we, we still have a lot of hope with Melo on, on the team. It, it, and it's just about really just, just trying to just get that one-two piece that – Unexpectedly, is going to be able to come and help the team and just really turn it around. You know, bring some excitement back into the team where now you can just go to some of these players and be like, look, this is what we have. All we need is that one piece, you know what I mean, for, for us just to be able to be, you know, over the hump. And, and One more Nick thing. I'm a big Mellow guy. I love Mellow. I appreciate – I hate when people – oh, he, Mellow's great. He's one of the best pure scorers ever. Does Melo need to maybe go somewhere? Maybe he should be happier, and in the same way, maybe help us out with getting draft picks or a player. Do you think Melo stays here, or should he? I go? think Melo is happy, mm-hmm. but unhappy on the fact that you know, having had like you know that one-two punch, we we have had. We, we got to remember when Amari was here, mm-hmm. and Melo came back. Amari, you went down, mm-hmm. and ever since he went down, he was not the same. So we never got to see both of them really play at the high caliber level that we would hope for those one, two guys, you know, to be. So he's still going to score yeah, no, no matter where he goes. You know, and, 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 and as an NBA player, if you have a score, like all you got to do is just bring guys around it because at yes. the end of the day, it's about scoring. It doesn't matter if we have the pieces and we don't have guys that can put the ball in the hole the way Melo can do it. You know, Porzingis did a great job this year. He showed a lot of talent. He showed a lot of versatility. Mm-hmm. And that's something that is really going to help because of the way we play. You know, it just, as we say that we know, we all know, every New Yorker know that we need players. We yes. need a like, few guys, you know, to just be able to fill in uh, those couple of holes that, that we still have missing. We, we play great three quarters, fourth quarter. It's just a different beast. It's a different way of running games. It's a different responsibility on certain players. And now every player is ready to play full quarter minutes. Now let's jump to another New York team, your St. John's boys. Are you happy? Well, not happy. Obviously, you're happy with Chris Mullen getting the spot. What do you think of the St. John's thing? And do you think Mullen can do something that no St. John's guys have done? And we talked about this before. I talked about this with Kenny Anderson when he comes on. 
you're in New York City. There's great players here. We have the Triangle, St. Anthony, St. Benedict's, well, St. Patrick's, and Jersey City. Why aren't these studs coming to St. John's? Why aren't these studs coming here? Uh, <laughs> like, you, you came here. You could have went anywhere in the world you want to go. You had guys like, we'll use Michael Kidd Gilchrist, and Carl, Carl Towns is from Jersey. Yeah. Like, listen, of course you're going to go to Kentucky. Do you think it's the St. John's maybe can never make that jump to the elite? Because you're in New York City. I, I always feel you can sell it. Like, you went there. Well, the me can sell it. I can sell it. Like, can, can you? Yeah, I'm serious. A, I, you know what? Like, I, I'm not going to make it a secret. Yeah, I would I would love to just be able to be part some way, somehow, mm -hmm. of what St. John's is all about. You know, but I'm not calling those shots. Okay. So that's why I was really going to ask you: Have you been reached out? Because I, I, I have because you know, over the summer I would go to St. John's and work. I, I was I would usually go there early in the morning, work out, and you know I started doing something with a few players there. You know, just helping them out, okay. like you know, teaching them the rope. Uh, because Chris showed me the rope when he used to come back. Oh, he was influential to you, Chris. Very okay. influential. Wow, okay. Very influential by, by, you know, by the way he used to approach the game during the offseason. You know, I felt like I was doing enough, but I was like, really, I'm not. Because this is an all-star coming a, back. He was a gym rat. He loved playing ball. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So that's why I learned a lot from him. I saw myself, like, just, you know, getting myself more into the game, more into the gym and, and working more than what I used to. So he helped me a lot, you know, to, to, to become – you know, the third old time, you know, at St. John's. So if I'm getting some kind of sense from someone, not just through the word or mouth, like I can, as a former player, I can go there and, and be like, yeah, guys, you got to do this and you got to yeah. do that. It's not about that. It's showing a lot of these younger guys how to get it done. He did that for me. You know, so I, I would go back to St. John's and work out early in the morning and okay. just do some of the things. When he got the head coaching job, I was approached, but never things never got finalized. You know, never they it was never followed through. Uh, I'm happy with the coaching staff that we have, and I think it's just a matter of timing because okay. you know a lot of the guys that they have, they didn't bring it in. They gotcha. okay. they inherit. You know, what I'm saying some players that you know he had to fall into the whole system of what you know Chris wants to be able to play under. So you know, it's a young crew, a crew that really learned a lot this year has some up and downs, has some great games, and I can only hope that, you know, through the timing together, they're really just going to get better. Does it interest you if they, if they reach out to you? Of course. If they reach out to Felipe Lopez, hey, come on board. That's something you'd definitely be interested in doing. Of course. I'm, I'm a New Yorker. I love the fact that I spent four of my best years at St. John's. You know, they, they still got something hanging out there. And, you know, the, the one thing that you want to do is just, just give back, you know, not just through – you know, the example that I, I set there as a, as a bowler, but through the experience that you was able to learn. You know, that's what I know that, that Chris is, is, is going to do well. Mm -hmm. He's going to do great out there because he had one of the best coaches, Luke Kanaseka. Of course. You know, he went on to the NBA, played throughout, you know, all his career under so many great coaches. So you cannot ever question someone like Chris. He's coming in there and really doing the type of job that he knows. He knows. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, exactly. Let me ask you a couple questions. You've been here for a while. I appreciate that. Your son your son plays high school basketball, right? Is it tough for him, and he has ever come to you, to be Felipe Lopez's son? Is it tough for him doing that or no? What? Your son. Um, well, the thing about it, I don't live my son. 
So, you know, I, I do get to see him a lot. I visit, mm-hmm. I visit him. I, I advise him. I try to guide him. Uh, but, you know, when you don't have that, you know, that one-on-one with him mm-hmm. every day, it's a little bit tougher. You know, uh, I think he's doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, play uh, Christ the King, the varsity B. He played on and off. Uh, he really enjoyed the game. Um, you know, sometimes it's unfair, you know, when I go to the games because, you know, it's just a little bit, I feel a little bit like. But at the end of the day, if he's happy, he enjoys it. You know, it's a path that, you know, he, he he's creating on his own. Mm-hmm. And I'm allowing him to just, just, just be that. So, you know, I'm proud no matter what because, you know, the game is not going to really, you know, make me decide how much I love my son. I love him, you know of what I'm course, saying, regardless of what it is. So, you know, I'm just happy that he gets to enjoy the game, that he gets to carry, you know, who he is with, with honor and, 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 and that sense of, of just, you know, just good feel, you know, proudness of, of just who he is. And he's a great student, though, too. Before we go, you got to tell me, cause this is my favorite story you ever told me. Tell, tell me the story. I asked you the f- second time I interviewed you, do you keep any memorabilia? Can you please tell me the story with your dad with the jerseys down in DR? Oh, the, when I saw it with, with, <laughs> yeah, with yeah, my voice. So yeah, tell the, I explain because I don't have any. Yeah, I said. Do like you, people ask me, like, yeah, like you, you know, like even with a uniform from <laughs> you know St. John's, that is one of the dopest uniform as as you know my freshman year at St. John's. Yes, a lot of people ask me, that's oh man, you got looking, that? Yes, the silk. You know, you got jersey. the uniform with the buildings on the side, and you know, is it just had a whole lot of funkiness to it. But so. You know, I, I I would go back to my country and um, it just random. I would just see people with my shirts. <laughs> I mean, I'm not talking about like just an AAU kind of thing. I'm talking about like my McDonald's All American MVP shirt. I'm like, how did, how how the heck you get this? So I would go like, you know, I went to the guy and I approached him. Now listen, how how you got that shirt? Because you, I don't care what you say. I don't. I, that's not your shirt. <laughs> And uh, he would say, oh, nah, just, you know, just drink it with your father. And he, just, <laughs> he gave away your churches. Yeah, he just said, yeah, he just gave. But that's not just the one thing. It just have been many, many things that have been misplaced. So I don't even ask anymore. I, I don't even ask anymore. It just, you know, well, if that's my father. If that's the way he's going to be, like, doesn't really matter. I love that story. couple of questions about recruiting because I'm fascinated with high school basketball. And I don't want to know what school did it or anything. And I'm, we're not gonna, were you ever offered anything or um, promised anything? I don't want to know what school or what they offered. Would you ever promise? No, no really? honestly, no. Mm-hmm. I, I think just the humbleness in the family. Mm-hmm. It was just not, you know, it, it, it didn't work out like that, you know. Um, and I'm glad, you know what I'm saying, because when, when things like that happen, you can honestly, sincerely say, you know what I'm saying, with your mouth full. Uh, I did it the hard way, <laughs> yeah. You know, and and uh, I, I went through four years, and you know the end goal was just to be an NBA player, which I became an NBA player uh, at first, Dominican drafter in '98. Uh, so I, I was given the promise. You know, I could have done it earlier, and, and things probably would have turned out to be different. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, after my fifth year in the NBA, I tore my ACL. Yeah. Uh, I was never able to recover the same way. Uh, but I was able to humbly say that, you know, I made it to where I wanted it. And even though I took it the hard way, you know, but by going through all those obstacles and going through the whole process, it really made me appreciate a lot of things better than, 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 than you know, being handed, you know, saying some of the things yeah, that, that, you know, because at the beginning, 
if I would have chose to leave my freshman year or even out of high school, a lot of things would have been handed over to me, you know, because of who I was or, mm-hmm. or that. I worked my butt off, you know what I'm saying? And I appreciate a lot of that because through the whole process, I was able to build a lot of relationship. I, made, I was able to build a lot of great friendships. And, and those are the things that really have kept me, you know, strong uh, through, throughout the up and down uh, because – yeah, I was considered the LeBron before LeBron. So because those situations, you go through a lot of struggles. You go through a lot of questioning yourself. Mm-hmm. You get to read the paper. Oh, I'm, I was the best player yeah. in the nation and the best player in your city. Now they talking as I'm junk. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know, so you're a young guy. You're 19, 20 years old, 21. That's tough to hear. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's, you go through a process that you don't understand why it's happening and you're trying to do as much. So I did went through my downs where if it wasn't because of the people that I had around me, I, I would have really, you know what I'm saying, just fell off the map. Wow. In, in a sense. What's the biggest misconception about Felipe Lopez? What's the biggest? Misconception. When someone says something that just totally, you know, I'll tell you my biggest one. When people are like, oh, Felipe Lopez, oh, he was, oh, he never really panned out. He, uh, you have the third most points in the history of St. John. Like, yeah, because people, that bothers me the most. That, that, and I'm not just saying people that. Because people here. are not educated. Like a lot of people will talk. Like, it's, it's, it's great to hear a lot of people talk. First of all, they never play basketball. Mm-hmm. That's one of it. So I don't get to hear what, you know, a lot of folks get to see, say because, you know, they see things from the, from the outside. When you do have guys that didn't even know who you are and they recognize who you are and they respect you, they give you the respect, you know that you will some way, somehow turn some things around. When you have, you know, the rookie of the league, you know, Carl Town just shouting you out, just saying because of this guy opened the door for me. You know, a lot of people get to sense that you got to be successful by how many points you score. And a lot of time you get to win a battle now by just, you know, by defeating the guy in, in the field, but by the way you strategize yourself. You know, I think I did a lot of strategy thing that was able to open up and give opportunity and hope to folks, to a community, to a country that never saw themselves at the point of where I put them at. Even the fact that, you know what I'm saying, being the cover of Sports Illustrated, you know, okay, that was basketball. Mm-hmm. But in the back of it, this is an immigrant that just five years prior was, you know, playing with shorts with holes in the back and no shoes, mm-hmm. you know, and just came to this country and he's making himself something. So now someone looking at it in the bodega or someone in Washington High or somebody in the Dominican public is looking at it like, I know this guy. Look where he's at. You know, so, you know, for me, it, it has to be a different story, not just based on basketball, because if we were talking about basketball, yeah, you know, I'm still Hall of Fame in the New York City. Yeah, I'm you still, are. you know, I was number five in the whole state. I was, you know, St. John's. I'm still got records, mm-hmm. you know, being drafted, you know, being the first Dominican ever. So there's a lot of things that I could say, like, yeah, I feel good about myself, but not really, because okay. I still got things in my life that I want to continue to get better. So that's why, you know, I continue to push myself through my foundation, through my ministry, ministry of faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be able to reach out folks in a different kind of sense, you know, spiritually, you know what I'm saying, to, like, get people just to be more correct, to be more right, to spiritually just be right for themselves because we're moving in times that are not getting better. They're getting worse. So, you know, I, I would say that if you got the word of God, you know what I'm saying, with you, it's going to be a lot hard for you to dissect what's happening in the world today. Two other things, because you just you, you nailed it perfectly when you said, because people think, and this is sad, and this is, 
I hate to use the example, Lenny Cook, one of the best players in New York City. And I played with Lenny. Yeah, how great was Lenny? Was great, right? Mm-hmm. And sadly, he fell, you know, with the wrong people who didn't care about him. He didn't have a great family structure. Oh, Lenny Cook is this. You were on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Carl Towns wasn't even born when you were on the cover of the sport, and he uh, recognizes you as Felipe Lopez. Opened the door for me, and I don't think it's recognized. Basketball was just white and black players. You were the first Dominican guy ever to play, you, or, and ever play or ever get drafted. Ever get drafted? We actually have uh, hmm. uh, Tito Hofer, our half, our father, sure, play. Sure. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. He, yeah, he was he was the first Dominican ever in the NBA. He was drafted. I don't know third or fourth round. But when I say that I was the first one drafted at the first round, mm-hmm. it was like initially, you know, as the new era, being called by the commissioner of the NBA, like, I recognize you. <laughs> I, wasn't it, the draft was in Canada, wasn't it? That one, I don't even know. I was at home. Wait, like, oh, okay. my mom was cooking. Be- before we go, tell me what happened. Cause the draft so I got drafted up. by yeah. San Antonio with the 24th pick. Yes. And I was so excited. I'm, I just <laughs> threw a... Uh, it just so happened that I had a, a San Antonio Spurs shirt, and I put it on, and there was photographers there. So, yeah, I'm excited, <laughs> taking pictures and things like that. So 30 minutes into the draft, you know, the commissioner get on the mic, and he's like, uh, okay, so we have some updates. We have a trade. We have a trade. <laughs> you know, I'm still celebrating and eating rice and beans that my mom had cooked for everyone in the house. So they're like, with the trade, the San Antonio Spurs trade, Felipe Lopez to the <laughs> Vancouver Grizzlies. I just took that day and showed I was so damn mad. You can see my face was just, I'm black, my face was just turned red. I took that day and shirt and just threw it out the window. <laughs> I, you know what? I remember that. I know. We're just, I'm going to get you out of here in a minute. I know you've been here for a while. I love that draft because it was in Canada, that draft. I remember watching it. And uh, listen, I'm a New York guy. I told you I grew up watching you. I'm waiting for you to get drafted. The Spurs draft you. I'm all excited. Then the Grizz. I'm like, who the hell's on this team? All right, you got Sharif Abdul Rahim and Big Country. Big Country. That Reed. was it. Big Country Brian Reese. That's like my two- guy. Big Country used to go back to uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma and come back. The like, Cowboys, right? Like Thirty pounds heavier. <laughs> like what? What is your diet? And he's like cheeseburgers. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember. I'm like, okay, now I'm gonna root for the Grizzlies. And it was Sharif Abdul Rahim, who was awesome, and I always feel he's very underrated. Big country, I'm like, oh Matt boy. Matt Beebe, we have Matt Beebe too. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? He beat Kentucky in '97, so I, yeah, I, I, probably I you don't, don't like him. I, I don't like him. And then from there, you went to Minnesota and you played with Garnett. How fun was it playing with Garnett? It was great. It was great. Garnett was, uh, man, the the hottest worker player that I ever seen in my life. And I'm just not, I'm just not talking about doing the game. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about he's intense in practice. He's intense in shoot around. He's intense watching and doing our meetings. <laughs> I'm like, how he gets to do it? I love when I, I would see him during the layup line, just pouring sweat. He, he's, he was in a different zone. He's he, incredible. I loved it. I, I, I remember working with him. We used to, we had a weird time working out. We used to work out like one in the morning, things like that. And then he really? would, yeah, we worked out from like one in the morning to three. We used to get together and then he, he would wake up in the morning. And he, you know, his house was huge in uh, in Minneapolis. And he would run around his backyard, which was like acres, and he would just run in the morning. It was, <laughs> but that's why he is, you know, the Hall of Famer that he's, he will become. And last one, then, your last year you played with my arch enemy, Christian Leitner. Is he a good guy? Because I watched it. Didn't you play with Leitner? No, he was oh, he was gone. Oh, he good. was yeah. gone. Yeah, he was. Get him out of here. He's gone. <laughs> no, nah, he was. Yeah, he was. He was gone from the team by the time um, I actually got there. 
All right, last thing. Let me ask you this. I'm actually one Felipe Lopez trivia question. I had to look it up. Uh oh. Who did you score your first points against? What oh, team? Shoot. Come on. That's a good. No, that's a good question. I remember I scored eight points. Yes, my eight, first eight points. I believe I think it was the, the Seattle SuperSonics or Houston, either or. Sacramento like, Kings. It was. It was the yeah. Sacramento Kings. I tell you what, when I first my my first two points, I, I felt like I was walking in heaven. <laughs> I felt like I, I I was like I I was the great. I was special on that day. I really was. Like it was like unreal. Wait, before we finish up, we're gonna wrap up here. Sports Illustrated cover guy, one of the greatest players ever, New York City Hall of Famer, Felipe Lopez. Can you tell me the J.R. Ryder story, the Isaiah Ryder story? When he was well, he would, like, tell me just to drive. Yeah, yeah, tell me that. It was two of them because <laughs> the first one, my first intro into the NBA, I'm playing against Atlanta Hawks, and I'm playing against Steve Smith. Mm-hmm. And Steve is posting me up, and he's like, I'm going to turn to my right, and I'm going to score. So he gets the ball in post, and he turns to his right, and he scores. Then we're coming down the lane, and he like, I'm going to push on the other side. Now I'm going to turn to my right shoulder, and I'm going to score. And he goes and does the same thing. Third time come, he tells me what he's going to do. He goes on and do it. Fourth time, he goes and do it. <laughs> I'm a rookie, man. I'm yeah. like, I'm learning the game, man. I'm just trying to stay in the game. By the fifth time, I'm like, I'm not having it. I followed him so hard. It's just incredible. <laughs> so then with, within that same season, J.R. Ryder, my guy, that's that's my I, I brother. Was a, I was a big J.R. Ryder guy. When he came it's, out of UNLV. He's a beast. Yeah, he was a beast. I, 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 for some, number 34, when he came out, I always he's liked a, he UNLV. And he's like, I'm going to win the title. He had the tattoo on his chest. He okay. was a beast. I mean, whatever he said, he was going to do. Okay. And that's the reason why he made it so easy. Because like we would play against each other. <laughs> and he was like, hey, Rook, go baseline. Go baseline. And I really thought he was like kind of like trying to bait me into something. Yeah. And Okay, I went baseline. There was nobody go. There was nobody baseline. I go boom and dunk it. So we're like, "All right, good job." <laughs> then I would get the basketball. He would like shoot it, shoot it. I would just shoot, and he would like act like he was playing defense. But then, then aside from that, in the other end, when I had to play defense on him, I'm playing hard because yeah. I'm trying to stay on the team. I'm trying to just get my minute. Ain't no way I'm stopping him either. He was a monster. He was a monster. He was. He was. A, he was one of the. He was one of the best scorers that I play against because of the things that he was able to do. You know, is we're gonna wrap this interview up, and I, dude, I'm so happy. I wanted to do this interview with you live forever, and I really appreciate you coming uh, down. Nah, thank you for having me. Man. Was the, is there one player, whether it be high school, college, NBA, that you thought was gonna be like a really special, special player, and for one reason or another, it never panned out? Oh wow. Like anybody you saw, like you know what this guy's um, he's a special and then wow, what whatever happened to him? He never really not not in the sense, but you know, I have my guy and I give him a lot of respect because I played with Reggie Freeman. Mm-hmm. Reggie Freeman, we played together in in at Rice High School, and I, you know he was a year ahead of me. Went to Texas and set broke all the records. I, I believe he still have the most three pointers and led the Division One in points. Uh, and around that time, I was to St. John saying. I actually read a story where, you know, people was like, oh, whatever happened to Felipe Lopez, look what Reggie Freeman is doing. And that's what reporters do. They try yeah, to get course, people against each other. Yeah, yeah. But I still had, like, the the most love for him. And, you know, by the time he came out of school, he, he was really one of the top prospects. Yeah. You know, he was one of the top scorers in the nation. He led the Division One in scoring and everything. And, you know, I don't know what happened. You know, there was just a lot of saying, oh, aging, something. He signed with the agent and something, something, something. It, it just, he never was given an opportunity to play in the pro. And then 
I feel that if he would have actually played in the league the way he was. He was he was a scorer. He was a He was scorer. a scorer, but he was a passer. He was a handler. He, you know, the way he transformed his game. Because when he played with with us at Rice High School, I guess by, you know, having me on the same team and everybody talking about Felipe, he, he was never he was never able to 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 blow up the way he did in He never in escaped your shadow. And yeah, yeah. kind of in a sense. You know, mm-hmm. he he was a really great – he was a great passer, great passer. He would, like, do a lot of things. He would just find people. But he became from being a great passer to just become a great scorer, a great shooter back in Texas. And, you know, he was he was a guy that I felt like, man, you know, I felt bad, sad, because he really never was given the opportunity to, to do the thing that – that he should have done in the NBA because at the end of the day, that's that's every every basketball player goal. That's a great answer. Okay, we asked, I asked this how we end every interview. Coolest per- right now we're at a bar. It's empty. We have yeah. the third floor to ourselves. Jack Dempsey's is awesome. Who's the coolest person right now in your phone that you, if you text them, they're gonna text you back within one hour? Oh and, man! Like right now, you and I just say that there's a whole crowd of people here. We want to impress everybody. Forget about Hall of Fame. Forget about this. Right now, you're like, see my phone. I have. So the coolest person? Yeah, that you can text and they're going to – because I have people's phone number that don't text me back. Uh, I do, though, at least. Yeah, no, no. It's a little bit late. I do a Dominican no, no, style. Yeah. You text me now and I – You're te- Dominican I get, time. Yeah. I no, get you, you back. You text back all time. Yeah, whenever I hit you up, you always write back. Who's the coolest guy that I have on my phone? Ooh, yeah. Uh, Adam Silver. Who? Commissioner oh, Adam Silver. Do you – but when he would text you back? Yeah, he's like – Oh, that's a – that, you know what? That's one of the best answers I've ever heard. He's he, he's on top of his game, that's and I'm like sometimes I ask myself how he gets answer. to do it. Like he's like, you know, so much stuff on his mind, and you know, usually I, I email him, yeah, yeah, and he will like email me right back, and I'm like, man, I'm getting an email right back from, and you know, I look at myself, I, I t- you know, I tend to take my time when yeah. I get to people. I'm like. But that's the business type of it. That's the reason why we are who we are. We are the best league in the whole world. Oh, I agree with that because. You know, the people that I work, the people that I work with, they, they really on top of issues. You know, I, I love what I do with NBA Cares because we are on top of a lot of the issues that happen around, not just in the game, but off the game. Mm-hmm. Disaster. We go out to cities and we help out, you know, uh, education. Uh, you know, we have the NBA Fit. We have the Junior NBA for the youth. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have the mentoring program that we partnered, partnered up with uh, President Obama, mm-hmm. uh, my brother's keeper. So there's just so many other ingredients that we are able to do, not just from the basketball, which is what everyone gets to see. We're in the back shadow. We're in the back, you know, just, just doing a lot of the things that the people that we get to help, they get to understand that we do get it. You know, so I, I really uh, appreciate to just be able to be part of the NBA Cares uh, as an ambassador for the past seven years. And uh, like you say in, in, in the beginning of the interview, I, I do take my ambassador job you know, pretty seriously because no matter where I go or who I'm with, that's who I, I want to represent, you know, someone mm-hmm. that that a goodwill uh, for the game of basketball and a goodwill for, for the league of, of, of the NBA. Last thing, with the ambassador, I know I keep saying last thing, but there's so much stuff I want to ask you about. The ambassador thing, right now, because of your Spanish heritage, you go down to Colombia, DR, you said you want to go to Cuba, that's on my bucket list. All I do is travel. I've been to Iceland, Thailand, all over Europe, and uh, Argentina, Uruguay. Any trips besides Cuba, which I might actually jump on, I want to know whenever you go there, any interest of you or is there other ambassadors like Africa? Like are you guys going to go out there? No, yeah, because – so 
Dikembe Mutombo, Saint Mutombo, because he's a saint. Oh, I I love him. Number fifty-five. When you, oh, I love uh, him. I love saint, him. Saint Mutombo. He's our international okay. uh, ambassador, so he's always the in. Uh, he's deeper than me when it goes down to doing a lot of the work. Uh, you know, as far as like working with the UN, you know, he he opened his own hospital in Africa. You know, and just a lot of things that he gets to get himself involved. And then I'm under uh, my 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 great friend, my me and mano Bob Lanier, Hall of Famer of course, Bob Lanier. Of so you know, Bob Lanier has taken me under his wing, awesome. and it's it's just to have someone like like Bob follow him just. Just, just watching him, the gracefulness about himself and how he goes about people, about his work, uh, being who he is. You know, it's just a lot of things that I'm, I'm, I, I try to, you know, I get captivated because I just want to continue to follow. Uh, because, like I say, again, the, just the gratefulness of him. Uh, he understands it from people. Uh, he been, he been doing it for quite some time. And he live in an era okay. that... You know, the opportunities were not there. Mm-hmm. You know, so he gets to see a lot of the changes that happen, and he still goes out and just, 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 you know, just give out, you know. So that's that's great. That's so awesome. Yeah, man, it really is. Well, listen, I can't thank you enough, man. Nah, I- thank you for having me, man. This is great. It's, it's great to catch up with you. I did, I did set the time aside for you, so, you know, I'm pretty cool. I'm, I had the time. But, so. like, th- this is what's great, and I have to tell everybody this. So I threw you a text, like, hey, whenever, when you want to do a show, hit me up whenever you're free. I, I texted you a few days ago, and you're like, yeah. Uh, I'm like, hey, if you're around Monday, I don't hear from you for three days. And then today, you text me, hey, what's the plan for today? What time are we doing it? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> that was my favorite part of everything, man. Listen, I just want to thank you so much, man, for coming on. No, nah, thank you, man. All the listeners, man, thank you for listening. You know, I'll continue with this great show. I love it. I, I hope <laughs> that, you know, we, we get to catch up uh, again. And, uh, you know, shout out to all the people from New York, man. Uh, a lot of respect, a lot of a lot of great memories, man. This city has been nothing but greatness to me and uh we hope that our new york knicks are able to <laughs> jump the broom and, and give us some excitement this year maybe this year you can either take me to cuba with you or get me to a knicks game is that a deal oh i got you with the Knicks game that'd be no problem maybe not cuba let's go and catch up and leave it again meanwhile whenever you want yeah the season just started yesterday whenever you want you know it was a great game we won we beat dollars yeah i watch so that I, be... I watched a little bit of the minnesota game the Lynx game the other night i watched oh you did i watch everything yeah cool all right so that sounds good man Flip thank you man Absolute pleasure, man. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.